Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast once again. This is episode number 195, entitled Translate Your WordPress Website with Weglot. It was published on Thursday the 3rd of September 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and the usual housekeeping just before we begin. If you wouldn't mind heading over to wpbuilds.com, there you'll find all of the content that we create, and we do create quite a bit of content each and every week. Most of it, I'd say 99% of it, is to do with WordPress. If you'd like to keep in touch with all of the things that we do, so the podcast, the news, and the webinars, and the giveaways, and so on, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over on that page, you'll find a form, and it will enable us to keep in touch with you when we create new content. There's another form which we can use to contact you should we hear about a new deal in the WordPress space. There's also options on that page to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player and join our Facebook group of over 2,600 very friendly WordPressers. Another page I'd like to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a filterable and searchable list of WordPress-related products, so it's plugins and themes, coupon codes for 20, 30, and more percent off. So if you'd like something this week, maybe check that page out. I keep saying it's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week. Also, I'm trying to get a jobs area up and running. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash jobs and you'll find a form there. And if you want to fill out that form, I will post your job for free on our website and hopefully get you some candidates. Another thing to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. If you would like your product or service putting in front of a WordPress specific audience, a bit like GoWP and AB split test. If you're an agency owner struggling to grow and scale your agency, the team at GoWP can help. GoWP provides white-label services to WordPress agencies to help them grow. And with their pricing, it makes doing things yourself seem pretty silly. Create your free GoWP partner account to learn more about their services and get free access to resources and templates to grow your agency, like lead magnets and landing page templates. Partner with GoWP and grow your agency. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, let's get stuck into the main event, shall we? This is episode number one hundred and. 95, I can't believe it. And we're talking with Augustin Pro from Weglot. It's a really interesting episode. I'm sure that many of you will have built websites before which have had the, the requirement to be translatable, to be read in multiple languages. Well, Weglot is a plugin that can help you do this. Augustine comes onto the podcast today to explain how it works, how he's built it, and all of its capabilities. It's a really in-depth discussion, and we get into the, the nuts and the bolts of how it all ties together. So, like I say, if you are interested in multilingual sites, this is a good episode for you. I should also add that he's very kindly given us a lifetime deal of 15% off the pricing. You have to use the coupon code WPBUILDS and you'll get 15% off the first, the second, the third, well, every year that you subscribe to one of their plans. Also, I'd like to say that I'm launching a giveaway for three pro licenses. That's three pro annual licenses for Weglot. And you can find that by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash win. It's a viral contest. So the more you share it, the more chances you've got of winning. But you never know. This might become yours and you can test it out for free for a whole entire year. So that's three licenses at wpbuilds.com forward slash win. Okay. Let's get on with the podcast, shall we? Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds podcast interview section. Thanks for making it this far. Today, I am joined all the way from Paris by Augustin Pro. How are you, Augustin? 
Very well. Thank you, Nathan. Very happy to be there. You are very welcome. Now, Augustin is on the podcast today. We're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're going to sort of try and divide the, the podcast sort of in two. We'll see how that goes. But um, first thing to say is that Augustin is representing a company which is on the increase. He was telling me just a moment ago that they've now got their got their body count up to 20 members of staff. So it's uh, very much on the ascendancy. And um, Augustin is from Wig. Glot, which is a translation plugin. So first of all, I'm going to ask Augustin if we can talk about Weglot. Um, what is Weglot? Uh, Weglot is a is a solution to make any website multilingual. So it's it's I mean originally built for WordPress with a dedicated plugin. And so basically, you have a, a website in French. You want to have and to display it in English. You would use Weglot to do that. Um, do you do you know if there is are there any kind of like legal requirements? I know that, for example, um, if you're in Canada, you have to produce things in both French and English. But beyond that, I'm not really sure. Do, you know, is, is there any compulsion? So, let's say, for example, I am here in England typing out a website and I do it all in English. Uh, apart from the, the the you know how nice it would be to translate, I'm just wondering if there are situations where it's mandatory or compulsory. Uh, that's a good question, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that in, in I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, in Canada, you have to, ins I mean, in certain regions of Canada and Quebec, for example, yep. you have for administration and, and uh, any public um, uh, organization, they have to uh, display the content in French and English. Yeah. It's, the, it's maybe the same for Switzerland, for example. Yeah, that they was going to be my next one, actually. I was wondering <laughs> Switzerland as well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, you have same thing also, for example, in Morocco, the, the official administrative language. There are two official administrative languages, which are Arabic and French. Ah, okay. And uh, another one which comes to mind is Wales. Um, I know that if you drive through Wales, all of the road signs, for example, and all of the documentation that you see on, you know, paperwork that you receive is is in both Welsh and English. Anyway, the, the point is, in some jurisdictions, it's mandatory. In most jurisdictions, I suppose you're just doing it simply to increase the, the reach of your website. So, Let's say, for example, we've got a shop and it's an international shop and you're shipping all over the world. It makes perfect sense to, to, to reach out to those visitors in French, in German, in Chinese and what have you. But not being particularly familiar with Weglot and how it works, how do I actually achieve that? How, for example, let's say that I've got a simple um, web page that I've built using... Um, I don't know, uh, the block editor, let's go for that as opposed to a page builder. How would I actually interact with Weglot after installing the plugin? What does, what does it do? How do I make things go to Chinese and um, French and German and so on? Yeah, sure. I mean, actually, we, we tried to build a solution that it's super simple to anyone to use it. So there is, there are no frictions, uh, uh, technically speaking, and content on the content part. So how does it work? You, you're going to uh, tell Wiglot what is your original language. So for example, in your example, uh, English, mm -hmm. you're going to select the translated languages you want to add. So let's say French and German. Uh, and then Wiglot is doing all the hard uh, work. So we're detecting the content uh, that's, that is on your website. We're providing a first layer of translations. So it's machine-based. We're sourcing tr automatic translations from different providers, uh, which are Google, Microsoft, DeepL, for example. And then we are displaying the page with the translated translations on it. So once you have that, you can manage your translations. So you can, uh, if you know how to uh, uh, translate in French or, or German, you can just simply uh, overread, edit, um, tweaks to have your tone voice and to have your corporate brand uh, uh, within your con translated content. Or if you don't know how to do that, you can invite someone from your team, from 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 your network that 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 knows how to do translations in French and, and German. Or you can even hire a freelancer or professional translators to do this job. I mean, the the, the ultimate goal is to provide uh, all the tools to manage translations 
for our end users so they can use automatic translations and human translations, either themselves or by involving freelancers, uh, their local teams, their network or professional translators. I'm really interested in the automation side of things. And what I mean by that is I'm interested in how that actually works. So if, for example, I've written a simple blog post with just text um, and it's maybe a thousand words, and presumably there's some, if you like, meta box to use an old fashioned term underneath that content, and I click publish. So the, in the automated scenario, Weglot then goes out to one of the providers that you mentioned. So for example, Google or Microsoft, it submits the English, it requests a translation back into whatever language you've specified, and then it puts it in to the post automatically for you. You don't have to do anything else. Yeah, it's 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 almost that exactly. So what it does, it it, it will not look into your uh, WP admin. It will look at uh, the HTML of the page. So for example, if you have a contact page, mywebsite.com/contact, and you translated the, and you, you you selected Wiglet for the French uh, for the French version, mm-hmm. and you're visiting the page uh, uh, in French, Wiglet will detect. All the HTML in the HTML, all the content, which is uh, um, it can be meta titles, uh, H1 paragraph, whatever, it will send it to uh, um, to Wiglet API, and then Wiglet API is going to look at do you have these translations for this content? If it does not exist, it goes to one of the machine translation providers. If it exists inside your Wiglet account, it will get the translations. Uh, that are related to this content and send it back. That's amazing. So just to be clear, the pub, the post needs to be published in order for the API to be called. Um, you can't, for example, get a translation within a, oh, I don't know, a post which you've scheduled for some point in the future. Uh, I mean, there, there are ways to do that, but mm-hmm. uh, the default behavior, yes, it has to be published. But when you, we, we provide, we can provide uh, ways to do that. So first one is to we have a private mode, so you can activate a private mode so that uh, you could uh, private a page or, or, or a whole website, or you could also install Wiglot on the pre-staging, pre-production uh, environment if right. you have one, or you can also use Wiglot uh, in the preview if you don't have any pre-staging, pre-development uh, de- environment. Okay. So you you can actually. Uh, uh, um, do the translations before it's published. I, I understand. So there are ways around it. Well, that's good to know because I, there's quite a lot of the content that I produce that I write and then sort of put to one side and it might be nice if I was translating things to sort of come back to it later and, and fiddle. Um, how, in your experience, how how quickly do those translations come back? Let, let's say, for example, I've written a thousand words in English. I press go, all of your um, automated systems kick off. How long would it be before I can go back into the, the the post or the page or what have you and see the translations in situ in the little meta boxes? Uh, it would, uh, on average, it, it would add 200 milliseconds to your actual page load uh, okay. in, in, in your origin language. But uh, it really depends on if it's the first time you're visiting the page. So, for example, if you are actually, if we are actually doing the call to the uh, um, um, machine translation providers, it takes a bit more time. Uh, if not, it takes uh, uh, less time. And we're working with a lot of caching solution. So, if you're using WP Rocket or any other caching solution, it will it will be as fast as any other cached page. Yeah, yeah. And uh, go on, yeah. carry on. No, no, please go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say, how long does it take um, for the actual translations to, to to come back from, let's say, Google? So you call Google and say, I've got this text in English. Please translate it. How long does it take for Google to come back and say, there it is? Uh, it's it's really milliseconds. Uh, we actually wrote a blog post about I mean, comparing the different translation automatic translation providers. So I don't want to make... I'm typing right now to, to find this out That's okay. <laughs> on, uh, on our blog. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 
it's really a matter of, of, of seconds. Uh, 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 let me check if I can. Oh, find right. It. Okay. So, I mean, that that's amazing. I thought it might be, you know, a couple of minutes or half an hour or something. But um, No, no, it's milliseconds. Wow. Really. That really is astonishing. So um, the, the length of the article is not really important. It'll translate any length of text in a, in a very, very tiny amount of time. And in your experience, how... How accurate are those translations? I'll give you. I'll give you an example. I use a third-party solution to translate what we are now saying um, from audio into text. So that's a very different process. It's turning audio into text, which I then put on the page as um, a sort of an accessibility thing, so that people can uh, see and read what it is that we're both saying. Now, typically, I would say that that's about 95% accurate and it makes horrific errors on words. So, for example, weeglot, a word which it's not accustomed to, it will struggle with. It will probably come up with some complete nonsense for weeglot. And I will then have to go through and correct it. I'm just wondering how text-based translations, how accurate Google is or these other providers are in giving something back which you can you can be fairly certain is readable because the, the embarrassing thing, I suppose, would be that if you rely on the automation and it comes back with something which is just horrible or slightly wrong or, you know, just slightly off in such a way that it's a bit embarrassing, um, all of those kind of concerns, really. I, I'd say that overall... It's it's really good. I mean, it's it's really readable, not horrible at all uh, for for ninety ninety five percent of the translations. Mm -hmm. But it really depends on on, on different criteria. First is uh, uh, the languages. So, for example, if you're doing translations for French to English or Spanish to English or German to uh, to to uh, to Spanish, th these are languages that are. Uh, um, uh, reused uh, uh, on online web content. So there are a lot of data that are feeding the uh, algorithm for, for, for Google, of Google and, and others. So it's more relevant because they, they have more data to, to rely on. But if you're looking to translate, I don't know, uh, uh, French to uh, Thai or French to uh, uh, Philippine, uh, Filipino content, yeah. it's I mean, it might be uh, less uh, accurate. Yeah, that's one point. The other one is 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 it's getting better and better. Mm. I can remember when I was trying to, <laughs> when I was uh, at school and trying to use Google Translate for my homework, it didn't work at all. I think I, I got I got C or, or, or E <laughs> or even F, <laughs> F grades for that. But uh, I'd say that now it's I mean it's grammatically correct. It makes sense. It's readable. Uh, now, it's not at the point where it's taking your company corporate voice or your brand voice and, include, and including in it. Yeah. And I think it would take a lot of time to do that mm. because translation is like it's content. So it's super subjective and it's, it's part of how you present your product, your brand and, and so on. So for it, it's very important that users... Uh, uh, can have the the their hands on it, and they can easily uh, uh, edit stuff uh, uh, at their own their own uh, uh, tone. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's an important point. If you if you are happy to to let the machines do the work for you, basically it's fine. But if you want it to have that that rise and fall and that as you describe it, company voice or a certain sense of humor or whatever it might be then you really are probably going to have to still uh, require a human being to do that. And Weeglot enables you to do that, which is nice. In terms of um, creating a blog post with the block editor, that's all very straightforward. Lots and lots and lots of text. But increasingly, we seem to be in a world where people are using more complicated solutions to create their WordPress content. Let's say, for example, a page builder. How does Weeglot interact with uh, more complex solutions like, for example, Elementor or Beaver Builder? Is there a different process that you go through? What does that look like? No, it's, it's exactly the same process. I mean, from the very beginning, we focused on providing a, a, a turnkey, super easy solution to use and to install. And so the, the way it's working, which is a bit outside of the box, uh, it's looking at the HTML page. So it's not looking at where the content is actually coming from or how it's been generated. 
So it it allows Wiglet to uh, to to being uh, independent of uh, the solution you use to create the website. Yeah, we're just looking at the HTML page. Yep. So it doesn't matter if you're using Elementor, Beaver Builder, another uh, page builder, or, or, or Gutenberg. It works. How would I um, how would I subsequently go and edit? So let's say, for example, I've produced a fairly complicated page in uh, Elementor, and the HTML has been rendered. Uh, Weglot has done its thing, provided this, the translations. But where would they appear for me to edit? Do I have to go and actually edit the post or the page itself? Uh, in the sort of traditional editor, be that the classic or the the block editor, or is there a kind of interaction with Elementor? Is there an Elementor um, section, for example, that we can interact with? No, that's the point. We're not interacting with uh, the website builders or page builders. Got it. So, if from to manage translations, users uh, are doing that into their Wiglet account. Got it. We're provide, yeah, we're providing a set of, of, of tools to do that. So there, there is a classic translations list where you have original content on one on one side and, and translations on the other side. Mm. And we're, we're also providing, uh, sometimes it's easier to visualize your page. So we have like a visual editor where you can actually see translations on your web page and, and edit them. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you. That that clears that up. That's great. In terms of things like, I, I suppose one of the things I've I've seen many many times on the internet, but um, don't seem to use too much, just because of the fact that so much content is is created in English. There's a there's a feature. You know, often it floats to the top right where there's a little flag or something like that, and I could I could pick out the French flag and um, and I would have a French website in front of my eyes. How does Weglot handle that? Does it does it kind of auto detect? Okay, this is a French IP address. Let's give it. Let's hand it over in French, but give me the option to kind of click an icon or something like that. How do how do end users interact? We're uh, we're providing a, a a language button by default. That uh, I mean, and in in our typical specific case, it's at the bottom right of the website. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can put it wherever you want, mm-hmm. and and you can design it for, uh, uh, however you want. Uh, and so that's where visitors can select the languages. So for example, if you have a website in English and you selected French as a translated language, you can click on the button, click on the French uh, French name or FR, if it's FR two-letter code, or the French flag, or the three of them, if the, if the three of them are, are selected. And it will change the page, uh, the version of the page from English to French. Now, we, we also uh, added a feature to automatically detect the visitor visitor languages mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes it's easier to to just uh, cut one action from your visitors if you want to improve yeah. the conversion yeah. rates. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, uh, what we're using is we're not using IP geolo- geolocation because we, I mean, it's for us, it's not a best practice since... Uh, uh, geography is not a language. So what we're using is the browser languages preferences. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's fairly accurate. So for example, if um, I myself, I'm French, my first language in my brother preference is French. So if I go to a website that's available in French and English using Wiglot, it will be automatically displayed in French. Ah, good, good. That's that's the way that's the way to do it, isn't it? That's perfect. So if you've got your your browser set up for German, you're going to see the German translation. One of the one of the things I'm sure that people will be interested to know about is so for example, the SEO consequences of these kind of things. So let's say for example, it, I mean it's difficult enough to to get a, a a purely German or purely English website to appear high up in the search engine results, but obviously if you're selling products internationally you would very much like it if the french and the german and the english and the chinese versions were all ranking highly is there any is there any sort of inbuilt capability which assists with with seo uh yeah i mean actually when we started we got out at the very beginning we didn't have these seo capabilities so it was in in 2015 way before we started the the the, the official company by the way, but uh, we, we worked a lot. So we we applied and we followed uh, Google best practice guidance. Um, we make sure 
that the translated version of your page are ranked, uh, detected, and, 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 and SEO-friendly for Google and other search engines. Okay. How we do that? There are three key um, points to, uh, to apply. The first one is to have dedicated URL for the translated version of your page. So basically, we're using subdirectories to display uh, your web page. For example, it's mywebsite.com slash fr for the French version. Got it. Uh, then we use, we, you need to let Google know that there are other versions of the page. So we're using the ahref, uh, um, the, the ahref lang tag to do yep. that. Yep. And then the last point is, even if Google told us that it can, it, it can crawl uh, JavaScript dynamic content, it's still uh, uh, better to do server-side content. So in the source code, that's what we're doing. We're providing translations in the source code so we make sure Google can see everything. You do not need to, to pre-render stuff or to, to, to do things like this. Ah, so yeah. this way, yeah. So this way, you can be sure that all your translated versions will be ranked by Google. Perfect. That sounds like a really uh, intelligent way of doing it. Yeah, that's great. That's cleared that one up as well. One other thing you mentioned, which I'm interested to know about, is you talked about the, the, the automation and how Google and Microsoft and so on can do this. But if you if you chose to go down the more likely, I, I would imagine it's more likely to get 100% accuracy and be able to do your company voice and so on. If you go for the, the human angle, um, are there kind of companies that you associate yourself with that the plugin links to so that you don't have to strike up those relationships yourself you know does weglot enable you to reach out to a company who has expertise in translating to all these languages and and can it automatically uh, fill in the the language fields in weglot once that third party company has submitted it um as translated yeah exactly i mean the 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 goal is always the same is to provide all the tools uh, uh, for our end users. So if they want to, to do translations themselves and they want to use a third party, like a professional translation agency to do that, and they don't, ha they don't have one they use to work with, they can just simply order professional translations directly from the platform. And we're sending this order to our vetted partners. And then it's automatically sent back when it's done integrated in your account and in your website. You do not have nothing to do except ordering the, the translations. Perfect. And presumably the, the billing and all of that is taken care of. You pay that provider um, and it's all done and you can stop thinking about it. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, one sort of other thing that I wanted to mention was the pricing, because obviously it's important for people to know about how much this costs. I won't hold you to your pricing because sometimes these episodes go out. But what are the what are the different plans that you offer from right? I mean, I, I think you've got a, a, a well, I know that you've got a free version on WP.org, but then you've got versions going from, uh, you know, more basic plans right up to enterprise. Let's let's hear about those. Yeah, sure. Thank you. For the question, uh, no shame to talk about pricing. No, <laughs> uh, we have a uh, yeah, we have a free and uh, paid versions. Uh, we believe it's important to have users with uh, low volume uh, to be able to enjoy uh, Wiglot on their websites. So that's why we have a free version. It also allows us to be present on the .org um, um, directory for plugins. Mm -hmm. um, and for the paid versions, it's mainly uh, uh, dry, uh, driven by volume today. Mm. So it's basically the number of languages you want, the number of translated words you need, the number of projects, websites you want to use Wiglot on, mm. and the number of team members you want to invite to your project. That's basically how you can uh, uh, um, have an, uh, a fairly estimate of the amount of money you're going to spend with us. And it's, uh, it's starting at 10 euros a month, and it goes up to 500 euros a month. Right. Okay. So the, the, the options really is the num the more translatable languages you wish to acquire, the, the greater the number of words, the, the, the bigger the increase. And looks, I don't know if it's true. I think you offer um, a, a discount, as so many companies do these days. If you pay annually, 
you basically pay just 10 months instead of paying for 12 months. So that's a that's another way of uh, making it slightly more affordable. In terms of the support that you offer, actually, I'll come to the support in a minute because it will link nicely into what we're talking about next. But I wouldn't mind if it's all right with you talking about the, the other things that you do outside of WordPress, because I know that we're a WordPress podcast largely, but we also tinker with other toys. Um, and I know that you do too. So it's not just WordPress. This could be attached to um, other things. So for example, Shopify. So feel free to tell us what else it can do outside of WordPress. <laughs> thanks thanks for, for mentioning that. Yes, um, I think, I mean, we, we started Wiglot as a WordPress plugin, but we also quickly saw that uh, we, we, uh, we received interest of using Wiglot outside of WordPress. Uh, so we built uh, a dedicated Shopify app to do the same, and it's working great too. And then we also decided to be able to offer our solution to any website using CMS or not. And we, so we did build an, a, another way to integrate Wiglot with subdomains. Uh, and so basically it's exactly the same than on WordPress. Uh, uh, it's easy to use but you can use that on any website. So if you're using another CMS or a custom website, you can use a Wiglot. Yeah, if you go actually to uh, weglot.com forward slash integrations, you'll see a, a really rather impressive list. So um, the, the notable ones for this podcast would be WordPress and WooCommerce. That's all taken care of. Nice to see that the, the products, it feels to me like WooCommerce would be a, a really superb way to deploy Weglot because, you know, selling internationally is fabulous. Um, but then you've got uh, Shopify, Squarespace, BigCommerce. You can just implement some JavaScript onto presumably a sort of more static site. A couple of things I've never heard of in here. Jimdo, that's interesting. Wix, Weebly, Webflow. Uh, and then, interestingly, um, a couple of other uh, e-commerce solutions, Magento and PrestaShop, another CMS, Ghost CMS. And then this is nice, Help Scout and Zendesk. So you can translate your, your sort of help documents and your your Zendesk, um, you know, the other way that you interact with customers. That's brilliant. I like that a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the, the whole idea is to any web application actually can use Wiglot. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, so you're sort of being everywhere all at the same time, which is, yeah, really nice. Now, the segue that I wanted to make is uh, because I did say at the top we were going to talk about your business. So let's introduce it this way. Um, one of the things which I always ask, because it's something which comes up again and again, is how do you deal with support? Because it's all very well, you know, we subscribe for um, a standard plan at $99 and then we run into some hitch six months later and we, we want to know. We want to know what kind of um, capabilities you have. How is your support done? Are you dealing with chat? Are you on email? Is there a kind of like, a, you know, do you respond within a certain period of time and so on? Yeah, I mean, thanks for the question. Before detailing how we handle support today, I think I, I want to mention that from the very beginning, support has always been super important for us. It's it's really in our DNA. Uh, I can remember with Remy, my co-founder, and I, during our first six months uh, of Wiglot, so first half of 2016, we were doing support, live chat, every day, almost every night. Uh, whenever someone was asking for something, we, we were answering them. It was it was amazing because it gives you uh, uh, direct feedback, direct uh, uh, communication with your users. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's it's really key. And, and also because we, we, we did want to offer an experience that is not what we experienced when, when you go to your telecommunication company or any other public system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was super important for us. And 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 one and it's and it's it's still super important for us. So today we have a team of experts. Uh, they are seven, uh, all based in Paris. Uh, we're only doing email ticketing support. We're not doing any more live chat support. Uh, we're also providing a very detailed and extended um, FAQ. So we yeah we 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 have a one business day. Uh, turnaround maximum. So if you're sending us an email between nine and six uh, GMT uh, plus one, we're answering you. I mean, there is no way you're not going to get an answer from us. It's super important to have everyone happy. And when I say everyone, we're we're answering and uh, and and replying to all our users, including free ones. Even if we're not, we don't have the same level of priority and emergency 
all, all users get an answer from us. Okay, that's great. And you said seven, did you say seven people simply in support? Yeah, yeah, wow. it's seven people in support. And also because support is not only about replying to to users it's also about uh, uh taking the temperature of of what's working what's not working what yeah. should be improved it's a real it's a fuel for the roadmap for the product roadmap yeah that's a yeah that's a good point anyway that that's great that clears that one up nicely because it's a big thing you know if you purchase something and you're on a monthly retainer or an annual uh, subscription or whatever it might be then you um you want to know that that product yeah, is supported and, so that's great and it is and it is mandatory. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the 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 whole point of of a SaaS product is that if if you're paying a subscription and you're not getting the value for 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 the money you you're paying each month, you just go. Yeah. And, and and that's it. And 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 we don't want you to go. I mean, uh, uh, for a financial reason, of course. But more than that, for we we're trying to provide a value to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really nice to hear. So, um, that. Leads me very nicely into the the other part of the podcast that I wanted to cover, which is the the growth. How you managed to grow a business. I mentioned at the top that um, that you've got twenty staff currently, and obviously you've decided to deploy roughly a third of them over to support, which is interesting. But let's rewind the clock. I'm going to go back. I think you said four years was when you started. Let's go back a little bit further than four years. There must have been a period of time prior to launching it where you decided this is what you were going to do and you presumably joined forces. You mentioned a partner, Remy. Um, tell us a little bit about the journey. How did you decide to build a, a, a translation plugin for WordPress of all things? What, what was what was that all about? Um, so actually, the idea came from Remy, my, my partner and, and co-founder. Uh, he, he, he built a first startup, which was um, geolocation. Um, I don't know how to say that in English when you're like a Craigslist on Google Map. Okay, yeah, that's that. fine. Yep. So if you want to sell or buy uh, uh, small stuff from, from other people, you, you would use this app. Uh, he didn't. Uh, um, he, he didn't go uh, as uh, expected, so they shut it down with uh, his former partner. And when it, when he shut it down, he told his, himself, "Okay, what was the most painful stuff I had to do when doing the the web application?" Right. And, and it it actually it was translating it. I mean, he he, he did part of this of his studies uh, uh, in the U.S., so English was not the problem. But technically speaking. Setting up the websites, uh, managing translations—it was a nightmare. Right. So uh, he—I mean, he—he he told himself, "Okay, we, I should have like a, a simple, super easy to use uh, um, uh, service, like the, like the one you can have with Stripe, for example, for payments, hmm. uh, but for translations." So the idea came uh, like this, and it was first a JavaScript snippet. That you would add in your HTML head, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, so we did co-working. Tried to um, we made people try it, and, and, and we got feedback about it. So it was the the two feedbacks we had was where um, it's not SEO friendly, and I have a WordPress. I don't know how to add the JavaScript. How uh, do you have a plugin for that? Right. So. That's how we actually discovered WordPress. We didn't know about WordPress at this time. Okay. So right. we we built the the, the WordPress plugin uh, uh, based on the feedbacks we, we received, and then uh, and then it really started to work very well on, on a pure go to market distribution part because we I mean we met the community the WordPress community which is very kindness uh, which is full of kindness for by the way mm. uh, and and we also we had a, a good traction with with users coming every day and, and, and liking the product. So we focused our energy and, and, and resources on WordPress for six months, uh, from very early 2016 to mid 2016. And then when we when we when we had something stable, stable, we decided to do the same thing on another technology. That's why we went to Shopify and we did an app. Mm-hmm. And, and and then we decided to uh, to do the same for, but for any website so we didn't have to to build a specific dedicated integration for for example I don't know uh, for PrestaShop or for for another CMS mm-hmm. I mean at first 
uh, uh, we tried to do specific dedicated integration for other CMS, mm -hmm. but it didn't work as well as for WordPress or Shopify. So uh, we just we threw three three months of work uh, uh, um, in the bin. Oh. I don't know if you let's say yes, that, like, that's, that's the perfect way okay. of describing it. Yeah, <laughs> because because it didn't work at all. So we didn't have any traction, any user. So we just uh, we think uh, we, we thought okay, we should build something that's working outside of technology uh, and that that doesn't need. A specific integration that's how we came with the with the new way of integrating wiglots so now you can use wiglot on any website wordpress or, or or shopify yeah with two dedicated integration and one one which is universal um during this time was it just you and remy was it just the two of you trying to handle absolutely everything so building that you know you've, you've achieved the wordpress one the shopify one's managed and the javascript um the javascript capabilities are all done as well um but there's obviously the support that's going on there's obviously yeah you know designing um the, the new integrations which we've talked about already uh, just two of you at that point or had there been enough growth for you to start to build up a team the first year we were we were not making enough money to to hire anyone. Uh, us, yeah, we had an intern, Jonathan, uh, after six months, uh, and we were doing like I don't know, like eighty to ninety percent of our day uh, uh, was support, only wow. answering users. But it was a great problem. I mean, you, yeah, it 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 would it would have been worse if if we didn't have users. That's so, a very good point. Yeah, yeah. it was it was really a, a, a rich and nice problem. Um, and so at some point when uh, almost a hundred percent of our day were was only support, we decided it was time to 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 start the team and to hire new people. Mm -hmm. And we also decided to raise a little bit of money. So we did a seed round with a mix of business angels and and and, and seed uh, capital in France. And it allows us to to hire in a in a I mean uh, in a healthy uh, way the, the team. So we hired the first uh, head of support and and also a lead engineer. Um, yeah, and then we started building the team uh, with the business growing. We didn't want to do a big hirings uh, uh, going from zero to ten or to twenty without being sure that we 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 were having enough work for them. So. Right. Uh, yet we did it progressively. Yeah, and have you has has that been a successful? Um, you, you mentioned that you got some sort of seed money and what have you. From your experience, that was that was the right direction to take. There's no regrets with that. It didn't mean that you ended up giving a sizable proportion of your profits away. Uh, clearly not, because you've grown. But would you would you repeat that process, going out and getting some capital at the beginning? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I mean uh, to be. To be 100% transparent, uh, we've been we've been profitable since we we raised money. Mm. So on a pure economic uh, standpoint, uh, uh, we didn't need it, uh, but it gave us the 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 stability and and the healthy environment to do our first hirings. But also, it gave us uh, some some smart money with uh, smart people you know, giving us advice and, and supporting us uh, during not easy uh, moment with the, 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 the we had. So yeah, I mean, I would do it again. And also, it gave us some dynamic, some 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 yeah, some momentum to uh, to to keep uh, uh, growing and to keep giving energy and resources into this uh, great adventure. Yeah, it's interesting. It, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people who listen to this have had notions of building a product and and um, perhaps even got to the point where they had a working product and maybe it failed. Maybe they just decided not to bring it to market. Was that was that a fairly sort of scary decision? Do things like that, um, did it bother you that you were borrowing money, presumably with a um, some kind of requirement at some point to pay it back? Does that kind of stuff, did it keep you awake at night or was it all very good? I, I mean, if, if you're talking about specifically the, the raising money part, mm. it's, it's, it's not scary. It's a bit. I mean, it's exciting. It's you need to sell your product to other people. You need to. Uh, the the only thing it's it's defocusing. So you. you I mean, yeah. if you want to if you want to do it right, you you have to give it like three months. And and one of the one of the co-founders needs to be 
very focused on it. So you have less time to do other things. So you need to take this into account before before going for that. Uh, unless you have a, uh, an amazing working product where all the VCs or or, or, or business owners <laughs> of the place are, are knocking at your doors, uh, at your door, uh, it's 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 the way it's gonna happen. Uh, but no, it's 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 not scary. It takes time and and energy, but it's it's exciting. Okay, so at, at some point you managed to reach seven. Um, I don't know exactly how far into your journey you were, but you, I think you mentioned the number seven. Where do, where do we go from there? How do we add the extra thirteen employees? What have you been doing that um, that requires? Is it simply growth um, that's required? This you've grown to the point where twenty people is what's needed to to keep this going. Is it because you've got a um, a healthy roadmap in the future, or is it well? What what are the reasons? Why why do we need twenty people at, at Weglot? Yeah, I, th- I guess it's simply growth. Uh, what I mean, we actually we today we have uh, I mean. Uh, since two days we have four teams, but before before this Monday we we only had three teams, which were uh, uh, which are um, uh, the development team, the marketing team, and the support team. Uh-huh. It's, and it's it's a third of the of, of the of the teammates are in each uh, team, so it's it's pretty balanced. And since uh, uh, Monday we have a, a head of sales who's coming in, but yeah, it's. It's basically growth. So uh, when we had more and more users and more and more uh, needs at the support, we needed to uh, to uh, strengthen the, the support team. Right. So we hired people, and then we did the same for the for, for the for the development part, uh, with more and more uh, API calls and more and more uh, users. We need to we need to have uh, and also the roadmap with more features to. Uh, uh, to improve or to to release, um, same thing for marketing. So, um, but it's it's we try to have like a virtual circle. So new leads, new users to feed roadmap and, and products, and to feed new new leads, new users, and so on. So, so far it's 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 not. We didn't write down a plan to hire X number of people yeah. uh, during the next three years. It's more about. Uh, and and by the way, we're not very good at anticipating our needs in terms of people. <laughs> with <Remy. laughs> we tend to to, to wait uh, uh, a lot before before triggering the the hire process, which is good and bad. I mean, it's good to to be very sure about what you're gonna give to uh, to new people coming in, but it's bad because uh, sometimes you just uh, doing too many things and you're not focused enough on what where you can provide value for the company. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's it's I think it really depends on 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 on, on people on on founders and 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 on on your growth uh, um, dynamic. Yeah. It's basically growth. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. That's the, that's the kind of answer that you want to be able to give. If you if you could rewind the clock four years and 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 answer that question, I think growth would be the exact reason you'd want to have support staff and everything you know you'd want to be profitable and growing so that's very pleasing you know four years down the road you've got four teams um you've got 20 employees you've got a thriving business perfect um just before unfortunately the time is i don't know where the time went but we're we're kind of at the sweet spot um augustin i was wondering if there's anything that we missed that you feel i desperately wanted to say that if that's the case please say it now otherwise feel free to just sort of drop your urls your twitter handles your facebook group or whatever it might be you can uh, you can take the floor and say whatever you like Thank you, Nathan. Uh, maybe mentioning that we're giving away three licenses, three pro licenses for a year. Uh, and we're also super happy to be uh, on the hot deals page of WP Builds. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're uh, what we want to do is still to be uh, the brick for multilingual and, and translation for websites, for WordPress. But also, if you're using other technologies, feel free to try Wheel It Out. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, so I should probably mention the URL one more time. Go to weglot.com, that's W-E-G-L-O-T 
www.ghostland.com and you can find out absolutely everything that you need to know. Augustan, thank you so much, not only for being such a, a marvellous guest and telling us everything about your business and your plugin, but also for um, for offering those nice prizes, which we mentioned at the end. So you can go and check those out, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals to find your 15% off code and wpbuilds.com forward slash win if the competition is still running. You can enter it. Augustan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nathan. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. It was very nice chatting to Augustine. Hopefully you've learned some new information about how Weglot works and potentially whether it's something you'd like to adopt for your business. Don't forget, as I said at the top of the show, there's a coupon code WPBUILDS if you would like to find 15% off for one year, two years, well, every year, frankly, it's just a recurring 15% off. You can find that on our deals page. Go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals and you can search for Weglot using the yellow button at the top left of that page. Also, as I said at the top of the show, we're doing a giveaway, wpbuilds.com forward slash win, because Augustan has kindly given us three pro licenses for one year. So go to that page and you may win it, wpbuilds.com forward slash win. Okay, that's it for this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. Please feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. Share it on Facebook. Use at WPBuilds if you go on Twitter. And also if you can rate us on your podcast player of choice, Apple Podcasts in particular seems to be very popular, as does Spotify, that would be enormously helpful. So join us again next Thursday for another podcast. We'll maybe see you on Monday for the WPBuilds weekly WordPress news, the pre-recorded and the live version. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.